You are now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Men Potting. I am your host, Ahmad, here with my co-host, Steve, and together we make The Last Men Potting. Steve, how the fuck you feeling this week? You know, it's so strange, like, you know, uh, talking to older people. I guess they feel like this, like, uh, level of entitlement to try to give you unsolicited advice. Like, I was talking to my homeboy about, like, everything that's going wrong in my life. And then this nigga said, uh, you know, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, well, why the fuck would I tell you my five-year plan? Like, give me this shit, nigga. Just pass me the damn tequila. <laughs> so, were you more upset at him asking you for information or like assuming that you had a five-year plan a, a little bit of both but at the same time it's like yo it, like i'm gonna talk to other motherfuckers that are aware that i would like to be like i'm not gonna talk to a nigga that's just you know working and paying the bills it's like fuck i'm gonna tell you it's like how can you help me like you're not the fuck i'm gonna act like no. I, I mean maybe he was asking for ideas like <laughs> Yeah, Maybe no, he, he wanted you to give him some shit. Like, oh shit, I might add that to my five-year plan. Like, Steve no, wants that some was shit. Inter- that, that wasn't the energy that I felt. It's like, it's like trying to scrutinize me. It's like, well, you know, you're 30 now. And I'm like, nigga, that's none of your fucking business. If I want to be a, a broke, dusty nigga for the rest of my life, don't fucking... Like, like it's not for you to judge. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Well, no, like, if if you want to be a broke, dusty nigga, that's for everyone to judge. Like, no. th- th- there, there's no excuse for being a broke, dusty nigga on purpose. Because you're, like, yeah, what you're it. talking about is doing it on purpose at that point. Like, like no. that that's beyond, that goes beyond being a victim of circumstance. And even then, like, wh- what did Ric Flair say? When you're a man, you, you, you don't go down, you just stay up? Yeah, but that's like, you might be staying up at that point. You might be like, look, fuck it, I chose. Th- this is the life I chose. Fucking ask me what, like, my plan is. It's like, is it you gonna tell a nigga to play it? Like, how can you tell a nigga that don't have vision, uh, the plan? It's like, they gonna rip that plan apart. But like, nah, like, just go do some basic shit. Like, don't do that. Go do something safe. Well, I do agree with not taking advice from people who haven't accomplished something that you're looking to accomplish. Like... I'm not just going to take advice from somebody just because they've attained a certain age or anything like that. And I I think a lot of older people, um, you know, their greatest accomplishment is not dying. And when your greatest accomplishment is not dying, like you have to give out your advice sparingly. Like, and, and you have to be self-aware to know that your greatest accomplishment is not dying. Because a lot of people think that they're, they're doing some shit just because they're still here. And it's like, well, yeah, nigga, you've been here for 70 years. Bullshit. That doesn't mean that I, I should respect what you have to say. Like, you, you haven't done anything memorable in these 70 years. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, yo, if if, if I say, if you say, oh, what's your father plan? I say, I have an idea what I want to do. It's like, well, what's the steps? Like, nigga, I'm not fucking telling you the steps. Like, what are you going to do to improve the steps of what I want to do if you're not doing it? I'm not telling you no fucking steps. Yeah, and I'm too and busy I, worried about my own shit to be even worried about what another nigga's about to be doing for the next five years. That's what I'm saying. Like, why, like, why the fuck? What the fuck would I tell a nigga my five year plans? Like, like not me. not unless not unless you not unless you're planning on putting financial backing behind my plans. It, that's that's the exactly. only way I, I would have to explain some shit to you. You know, then I'll give you a full prospectus. But until then, it's like nigga, get out my face. Like I said, yo man, niggas will take that shit and scrutinize it, and tell you to do something basic. It's like I don't know about that, but like you know, won't you come fuck with me at my job? It's like no, I don't want to fuck with you at your job. I want to mess up. 
re uh, revise the plan and, and fucking try it again and risk it all and try it again. Like that's what the fuck. Like I was watching the video of Dave Dash. He was like, "Yo, we never worry about risking it all because we hustlers. We go fucking get it back anyway." I I couldn't have said it better myself. There has to be a tactful way to to tell tell somebody to just fuck off. Like it's like, look, man. Don't fucking ask me that shit. If I want to be a broke nigga on the box line for the rest of my life, that's my life. Like it's not your fucking life. It's not your job to tell me I'm 30 to have to get my shit together. It's like you don't know what my shit is or what the end goal is. I just I hate this idea of like you gotta be a certain like when you hit a certain age, there's a certain milestone to everybody else. It's like like I said to me, if a nigga wants to quote unquote waste his life, that's his business. Like. I'm not gonna sit back and say, "Oh, now that you're a certain age, you gotta have this, that, and the third. It's like that. That's not like you don't know how the Most High is working through certain people. So like everybody's path is different. Yeah, and and you know, like I, I always look at highly successful people that didn't attain that level of success until late in life. And you yeah. know, I've, I've brought up Ray Kroc a few times. Like he didn't hit he didn't hit his biggest lick until he was in his fifties with McDonald's. Uh, up until then, he was selling uh, milk milkshake machines and uh, was getting laughed at by some of his peers saying, you know, he wasn't as accomplished as them and he should have been doing better at that point in his life. So you can't tell people where they should be at a certain age. That's just like, you know, like, you know, we have some mutual friends that are married, have kids and shit like that. Yeah. I'm nowhere near ready or wanting to do that shit. If I'm if I'm ever going to be ready to do that shit. Like, and I'm 30, you know, they're 30, but I'm not about to sit down and start no family with nobody anytime soon. Yeah, so like, yo, I might just be on the box on for another 10 years. Until my lick come through, what, what, what you think my lick ain't gonna come through? <laughs> he said, "Would you say <laughs> I'll get off the box line when I hit a lick?" Yeah, like, <laughs> yo, fucking talk to me like that. <laughs> Be on the box line till I feel like get off the box line. But I mean, that's not a bad a bad five year plan just to hit hit licks. Like I, I plan on hitting licks for the next five years. What are you planning on doing? Exactly, exactly. Like, like get, get the like, fuck yo, out of my face. Niggas talk about, like, what's the steps to get... To? I'm like, steps? Steps? Like, nigga, don't fucking ask me that. Like, yeah, the, the, the steps are wake up, kill bitch energy, don't stop, repeat. Like, those, those exactly. are the steps. Get the fuck out of my face. The, what what, what, the are, what are, are your steps? <laughs> like the, 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 the steps is to wake up every day and become a better man. And, like, when, when I find out what it is, then, yeah, you go full-fledged. But it's like, nigga, you're not anywhere where I would like to be. So I want to tell you all that. Like, you go to fucking put your regular nigga prints all over my plan, and, and now I'm just going to be some goofball. <laughs> 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 like, it's, like, it's like, Steve, do some shit where you have to completely water down yourself and just be nothing. And do some soul crushing shit. It's like I don't, I don't think I want to do that. I'll just stay on the box lot or dig ditches or some dumb shit. But it's like I'm not, I'm not following somebody else's plan. I, I don't. I don't think you should. I don't think you should follow anybody else's plan. I think a lot of people end up in bad situations in life, um, or situations in life that they end up regretting when they get older because they were following other people's plans. You know, whether that's like going to school or fucking getting into a relationship or whatever it is, working a certain type of job because that's what's expected of you. And doing what's expected of you is never going to make you happy. 
Like, and, and it's well, that, not even going to make uh, the the people that are that have those expectations of you happy because like they're just going to look at you and resent you at a certain point too, saying like, "Well, yeah, you don't have any fucking ideas of your own. Like, you just you just that, do you just do what everybody tells you to do anyway." So, I, like, you're not going to ever gain any true respect for yourself or respect from other people by by listening to other people too too much. Like, I, I feel that, like that, at a certain point, like you you got to f- figure out your own way to be in this world. That's the energy I've been feeling when I look back on my 20s and I'm like, damn, why did I waste all that time doing this, that, and the third? Like, if I would have just fucking been on the box slot at 20, like, maybe I would have figured it out by now. Yeah, but I don't don't look at it like that because, you know, know, I'll be 30 next week and I look at my 20s as everything happened the way it was supposed to happen to put me in the position that I'm in now, which I feel like is to... You know, go on a go on a run of uh, of accomplishing all my goals and and and, and leveling up rapidly. So I, I don't look back at it like that. I kind of look at it like the past is spent money, and you don't worry about spent money. You just get more. Like you can't just sit there and say like, oh man, like I wish I wouldn't have spent such and such on this and such and such on that. It's like the money's gone. Go get some more. The time's gone. You're not getting more time. So make the most of the time that you have now. I'm, I'm mad about that time. All right, well, nobody's going to nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Hey, hey, well, look, I, I ain't here to tell you otherwise. Because like, if yeah. I waste my energy trying to convince niggas of shit, then I'm not going to get the stuff that I need to get done. So, yeah, in no. that spirit, let, let's get into the uh, the topics of the podcast this week. A lot of a lot of stuff going on. A lot of shenanigans that need to be addressed. Um, you know, as always, we like to be the voice of reason and bring some order to the chaos that's going on in the world. And uh, something that jumped out to me this week was uh, L.A. being this um, this hot zone for for rappers getting involved in uh, in shootings. You know, you had Pop Smoke was killed there like a year ago. Uh, PNB Rock was killed there this week. Um, also this week, this past week, Sauce Walker got into this situation where he, uh, he says that he was almost robbed on the street and, um, you know, in rap lyrics repeatedly from people like YG, Dom Kennedy, the game, they've always warned like, you know, don't come to LA like it's sweet. Like, you know, don't be out here with your jewelry on like it's Miami. YG even has a song called don't come to LA. Um, so listening, like seeing all these stories happen and I didn't want to come on here and speak on dead people, um, and what they should or shouldn't have done. Cause I, I think that's tasteless. Um, and I didn't talk about PNB rock while he was alive, so I'm not going to talk about him while he's gone. Uh, so sauce Walker though, I listen to his music. I like his music and, um, he he's alive to speak about this situation that he was involved in in L.A. So I wanted to go to what he had to say about what happened. But what I do know is that everybody ain't going. Guns kill everybody, but everybody is not scared of guns. And tragically, what happened, just like you see, um, you think a nigga want to make up a black eye and all this dumb ass shit. What happened was I fought for my life. 
and fought for my jury and my belongings and got me and my men up out the situation and up out of there and, and, and squabbled myself out of a situation where a firearm was put in my face. Half of you, half of you motherfuckers wouldn't even fight a motherfucker with a with a butter knife in their hand. And and tragically after that situation, ran off and ran into another man and tried to rob this man. And this man did the same thing that I did because he was a black king, a black warrior, somebody that fought hard for whatever he had in life. He had his firearm on him and he wasn't going. And unfortunately in his situation, he lost his life. I could have lost my life as well. I, we both made the same uh, erratic, irrational decision because we, we weren't not going and we're trying to live and die for what we have. You know, when I was a younger man, I, I think that I was always pretty much ready to die for my shit. But, you know, I, it's just, I think I've lost so much things this year. I, I think it's, uh, I think I'm kind of, maybe just because I'm a little bit older now, I'm just like, eh, you know, maybe this nigga just needs it more to be. I don't know if there's a, <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know if it's worth me just losing my life. Because it's like, at the end of the day, you could always get it back. So, and, and like, it's like, to me, that's a, that's so much bad energy that that other person is creating. It's like, it's not going to end well for that young man anyway. Like maybe, you know, he can hear logic, but at the day it's like, yo, oh, hey, I'm not trying to hear that shit. Just run that shit. I think at this point in my life, I might just run it because it's like, you know, I don't know if it's worth my life to lose some shit. Like, you know, but I also too, I don't roll around with a lot of stuff. I got my cell phone in my wallet and I got like, not a lot of money on my debit card. My credit card limit's not a lot of money, so I, I, I'll probably just run it and just find out how to replace the shit that I have. Yeah, like for me, in, in, in a situation like that, wh- whatever I had on me, I would I would give it up. Um, really, the only thing I would want is like my ID, because that's the that's the shit that's hard to replace, and like I don't want to have to go to the DMV. So I'd be like, look, look, fam, you could take the whole wallet. Take the credit cards, everything. Just leave my ID. <laughs> but, but like with with the sauce situation, he, he has a bar where he said, "I chose diamonds as my goals. It gave me man virtues." Because in his music, he talks a lot about how he, you know, grew up hard and you know he didn't have anything growing up and shit like that. So I, he takes a lot of pride in his jewelry and the shit that he's bought and that, that he's been able to accomplish. So I guess when somebody comes up to him and is trying to take that away from him, he's not thinking of, oh, it's just a chain. Like that, that chain means a little bit more to him, I think, is what he's saying. And he's like, I, I, like, like in that clip, he's like, I worked hard for this shit. I'm not going for it. Like, I'm not going for you just taking it because you feel like it. And, you know, I'm not there with it, with any of my possessions. I, I don't feel any of my possessions are that important. But I understand where he's coming from, like, and and how he's looking at it. But that's my thing, too. And I sent you that video. He was recently on the uh, Million Dollars uh, Worth of Game podcast. Shout out to Gillian Wallow. It's like, that man walks around with, like, damn near a half a million dollars worth of jewelry on. It's like... I kind of don't understand, like, I guess I understand, you know, coming up hard, and it's like, yeah, this is what I work for, but I don't understand walking around like that, though. It's like, I, that I nigga know. said. That nigga said, have you ever been starving in autumn and thought about eating leaves? Like. No, I've never been that hungry, you know. Like, never. that's a different level of I've, hunger. <laughs> I've never been that hungry. Yeah, like, like I've never, like, like I've been hungry and shit. It could, yeah. Like, you said you've been doing your fasting lately, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, like yeah, and, yeah. and you've been doing what, like, whole day fast? But that's, see, but that's the thing, though. It's like, I'm doing it on purpose. It's not like I have to, you know what I mean? So it's a different <laughs> energy. It's not like I've, like, if I fast for three days, it's for a purpose. It's not because, like, oh, man, I, like, I literally can't eat. So it's like, that's different. You but know what's I mean? the longest you've gone fasted? I like I think the um, without food and water probably about sixteen hours. I think without food probably about two days. So in those two days, with uh, without food, you never looked at a leaf and said, "You know what? That might be a snack right now." Hell no! But that's the thing too. It's two days is not a long time without food. Like like not eating like for a couple of days is not a big deal, especially when you have water. Because a lot of times we think that we're hungry, but we're just dehydrated. But it's like, to, I've never been that hungry. No, not, not to look at Lee's. That, that's a different type of hunger. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, l- l- listen, listen to uh, Sauce Ghetto Gospel, too. That's, to me, that's one of the, uh, the best uh, mixtapes and rap in the last couple of years. Where he talked, like, th- that's, a, that's a project where he talked about, like, all of these... Um, Hard times that he had growing up Like you know his mom being a dope fiend And a prostitute And all of that And and like how he was forced into the streets At a young age So I think all of that goes into Like this persona of And like this mentality of Yeah I'm not going for it if you niggas try me for my shit Like he doesn't give a fuck If he dies Like like that's basically what he said. It's, it's more important for him to live with that chain on than to than to live without it. Yeah, I I can't judge it. I can't judge it because I, I haven't been through what he's been through. Like, and you know, a lot of people like to get on their high horse and call it call people like that stupid. Oh, I would have given given it yeah. up and all that. But I, I can't judge it because I've never looked at a leaf like it was a snack. So. Uh, it's just, it's just like we're, we're talking about brothers from different type of neighborhoods, man. Like I never forget listening to Lil Wayne, the Mob, one of my favorite intros. Um, there's a line he says, um, something like "Top Rank ready to die for my shit." Like it's like, like niggas is ready to die for their shit. Like it, it just is what it is. It's like you think about where he, you know, Wayne being from Holly Grove and all that. Like it's just that energy. It's the war zone. Being in that shit, like you're gonna be ready. Like you're gonna be you tested. And it's like, man, fuck it. I'm going to stand tall through, like, whatever. Like, you're not going to come try me. Like, I, this is a badge of honor. The Whether, whether or not you want to give it up is one thing. But the other side of it is the fact that Sauce feels the need to have that much jewelry on in public, around people. Like, he knows he's in the streets. Like, if you follow him on Instagram, the man is in the streets every day, all day long. He's not in the house walking around with his chains on. Like, he's in the streets. So, he doesn't feel the need to to not shine around people. Where, I I know for me, it's like, you know, I'm not one to want to flaunt how much money I have. Like, like to me, that's almost like wearing a sign on you. Like, hey, I got 40000 on me. I got this on me. I got that on me. Like, you know, like Floyd Mayweather walks around, he said, with like $50,000 in cash on him. But he had, he's he's also in the middle of a security team all day long. He's walking around with armed security, very large individuals and shit like that. These other guys, like these rappers, they don't seem to do that. They just seem to be, you know, outside with their homies. And uh, it's not it's not as militant maybe as it needs to be. 
If that's how you want to, if that's how you want to be, like if you want to be, you know, I, I, I'm not here to tell nobody they can't shine. If that's what you want to do, you gotta, you want to shine, but you also have to be armed for that. Yeah, I mean, I don't completely agree. But like for me, like I said, I'm just a low key type of nigga. I don't like that type of attention. I don't like the fake bitches. I don't like the weirdo niggas coming up to me. Hey, Steve, whoop de whoop de whoop. It's like, nah, get the fuck away from me. You know what I mean? I don't want none of the fucking low vibrational hoes that's just trying to holler at a nigga because I'm shining. So, you know what I mean? And it's... And I, like I said, I ain't trying to dis- disrespect nobody. Like, I understand, like, you know, for the rappers, it's just, it's different, you know, to get to that point, like, to uh, of that sacrifice and be able to focus. It's like, you know, I always think about that. It's like that conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about, um, uh, we were talking about um you know Warren Buffett and Shine and stuff like that. So like who knows how you gonna feel once you at the bottom where it's like, you know, huddling over the stove in the winter and what young thugs say, like, nigga, we came from cooking noodles on the stove. It's like you come from that to like now you can have anything you want. I, I don't think that the low key aspect of how I move is gonna change. That's just how I feel about it. I, I guess it's it it just comes down to again, I don't think being a rapper is the most dangerous job in America, like these guys like to say, and it's become a trend to say that. I think being in public with uh, jewelry on or in very fancy cars with very expensive clothes and all of that type of stuff, I just think anybody who's doing that in America in 2022 is becoming more of a target because... The disparity between um, the haves and the have-nots is getting wider and wider. Like, like you know, things like chicken are starting to become a luxury item when you, you're seeing prices creep closer and closer to $10 a pound. So when somebody, whether, like, you don't have to be of status, like sauce or somebody like that. You can just be a regular person. Like, you know, you, they catch you coming out of the... Uh, the supermarket looking 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 a little too fresh, somebody might get you. So you know, I just think you gotta be vigilant. You know, I, I'm very I'm a two way proponent. So, you know, when I'm out in public, I'm not shining or nothing, but I got it on me just in case somebody wants to try some dumb shit. And uh I I, I would think that uh sauce is is the same way, but he's also, you know, the the I think the problem is too in a place like LA, it's illegal for the average citizen to walk around with a firearm like you can't like it's difficult for somebody that lives in LA to get a concealed carry permit like it's almost impossible um and if you're visiting you debt like you know the chances of you having a legal concealed carry permit is near zero so for guys like this like like Sauce and the other rappers that have gotten caught in situations, they're not even legally in a position to protect themselves the best with the best tools available to them. Like the fact that you would have to have, you know, that Floyd Mayweather level security team, like I'm sure that costs him thousands and thousands of dollars a day to just to walk around with, with all that security and shit. And who wants to do that? Like you want to be able to shine and you want to be able to to live your life, you know, freely and not have to move like a like a robot. So I, I don't know what what the happy medium is, but 
Um, if you want to see less people getting attacked in the streets, I, I, I think if you make the gun laws logical and not yeah. just in favor of the criminals, then shit like that will change because th- th- that's something that's been happening in L.A. more and more over the past couple of years, especially since the pandemic, because the criminals know that the, the average civilian out there doesn't have a gun. Like, you go to Texas, shit like that doesn't happen like that. Sauces from Texas. Like, out in Vegas, I, you know, I don't watch the news, but I know that shit, that shit don't happen like that out here. Because, like, you know, people, people respect the fact that anybody could be armed. But So, the, most of these guys, these, uh, these people that want to steal shit from you are cowards anyway. They're looking for an easy target. Like... They don't want it. Oh, let me not try that dude. He probably got it on him. <laughs> like, you know, as soon as I turn around, he's going to knock my dome off. So I, I ain't even going to try to rob anybody today. I, I might just go join Steve on the box line. That you Come on down to the box line. Niggas, but that's, I think that's probably part of the problem. Niggas is trying to get off that box line. It's sweaty. It's hot. You, you got to fucking... A time limit. They talk about you got to get four packages out of each bin. It's like what the fuck? I'm just gonna run up on that rapper. I don't have to come in here and lift these heavy ass packages all day. I'm not gonna do it, but I'm just speaking from the mind of a criminal. But you know, speaking on your point, it's like Future and Young Thug have a song called Protect Water, and and one of Future's lines in that song is, "We don't want to go back to what we've been through." So I guess that's how Sauce feels. Like, yo, man, I got this gun on me, and it's like. It'll be triggering if I lose this chain. It'll be like me going back to what I've been through. So you run up on me, you know, it's going to be a decision that's going to have to be made. And nowadays, like like, like Sauce, a lot of these rappers aren't laying down for this shit. Like the era where, yeah. you you know, you catch a young Berg and you could just do whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> like what, what, what did Ross say? Like he's like, I'm not the type of nigga you just pull your pistol or do whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> Like, uh, cause uh, this happened before we started doing the podcast, but it's definitely worth talking about. This was a couple of months ago. Somebody tried to, um, come in the baby's house and do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And this is what uh, happened. That's the wrong nigga. That's the wrong nigga. <laughs> is he what? Is he completely alert? Did you hear him? Do you not hear this man, bro? Sir, I'm asking you, is he completely alert? Yeah, I can't hear you repeating every question that you ask me because he's over in the screen. But like, y'all just get somebody here and give them, tell them when they pull up and try to hit the sirens or something so I can know to open the gate. Okay, where's your firearm, sir? Right here in my hand. Uh, ah. I'm gonna need you to secure your firearm, sir. It's secure. I told you it's secure. I'm not putting it down with this with this trespass right here on my property. I'm not doing it. That that dive will well call is hilarious for a lot of reasons because. <laughs> One, like, the niggas just screaming in the background, and the baby is just so used to shooting people that he's, like, so casual about it. Like, you know, make sure y'all hit the siren when y'all pull up to the gate so I could know to open it and shit. Like, you know, just cool, cobble collected. Like, this shit is just an average Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> Very professional. <laughs> but, you, you know... That just shows you like how drastic people are getting. Like you know, maybe those guys knew it was the baby's house and they wanted to break in, and all of that. But and, and people aren't thinking rational anymore. Like they're just trying to take what you have. Um, but you know, like 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 sauce, like the baby, like certain people not going for it. 
They they they, they just aren't going for it. They shouldn't. It's like at the end of the day, you know, there's so much other money to get out here while robbing other men. It's like you could go do whatever you want, whatever you think you're good at. You could promote it easily now. So I think if you're running up on somebody thinking like, you know, I could get the easy money, you you kind of get what you deserve, you know. So, yeah, and, and and I think the conversation does need to stop being, um, oh, well, the, you know, such and such rappers shouldn't have done this or done that and maybe this wouldn't have happened to them where it has to just be you know the more these people that get made an example of like that like like that scenario with the baby like the less it'll happen or like the more people are able to you know exercise their right to protect themselves in public without fear of uh of going to jail or 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 you know catching a charge then the criminals will be less bold. But, you know, and, until the gun laws stop favoring the criminals, shit like this is going to keep happening. Like, these people are going to keep being bold and shit like that, and they're not going to ha- have respect. Um, and it's just unfortunate that, like, you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, that the wrong person um, ends up getting killed, like the, you know, the innocent bystander in the Sauce Walker scenario, and like, you know, P&B Rock earlier this week, you know, it, but it's not their fault for just, you know, they just out here trying to live their life, and, and you know, a, a lot of, it's a lot of people with empty pockets and empty stomachs looking at people living their life, and they, they can't handle it, because they don't want to go get it themselves, which is, you know, that's bullshit. Yeah, just come on down to the box line with me, come on down, like, there's plenty of spots. You can pull for me down there in bottom brown. I need some help. Yeah, go go help Steve on the box line. Like, yeah, hey, like stop bullshit. I, I'll teach you how to work, young fella. Ain't nothing. Yeah, and it's better to get your get your money in a morally sound way, anyway. Yeah. Just out here taking people's shit. Like, I, I I don't get the mentality of somebody like that, anyway. Like, I, yeah, I'm just gonna wake up this morning and take some shit. That's what I do. Yeah, well. Shit. Uh, well, Paul Modi told you, like, you know, white people, they take stuff, so I guess they just take it after the white man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, that's a perfect segue into this next topic um, of the white man just taking shit. Brett Favre got caught with his hand in the cookie jar this week. Um, Steve brought this to my attention that Brett Favre was uh what, what was he stealing from the welfare budget in Mississippi? Yeah, it was insane. I think he stole like eight million or something like that. Text messages revealed how Brett Favre and former Mississippi governor and non and a nonprofit leader coordinated to an effort to procure eight million dollars in uh welfare funds to finance a volleyball stadium uh, you know i think i also read he got 1.1 million like for speeches that he didn't even do so by far it was busy it's been that far it was pretty busy you know for somebody that has that level of money you know brett Favre made well over nine figures being an nfl athlete and endorsing shit um, to to make that that amount of money and still be greedy is is yeah. absurd to me. I don't know how absurd uh, absurd it is. Brett Favre's been a piece of shit for a long time. Like I remember niggas uh, joking about like how um, when Katrina happened, he just pulled up and saved his mom. And said, "Come on, mama," 
and uh, on the fucking helicopter and shit. Everybody, you know, trying to figure things out and Katrina. And remember, he was the guy that uh, got caught up in uh, one of them NFL scandals. He out here sending dick pics through his Wrangler jeans and shit like that. So, like, Brett Favre has been a nasty nigga for a long-ass time. So I don't think this is, like, outside of the realm of his character from what we've seen in the past. Yeah, and and I remember you you said when you brought this up, um, like, is this is this just some nigga shit? And... I said, well, like white people invented nigga shit. It's just they that they blamed it on us, and th- this is a prime example because like you had this. What what was it last year? Those um those actors, the chick from Full House was uh was bribing people to get her kids into the school and shit like that. And it typically is always like the people that steal the most. And uh, get away with the most stealing and thievery and shit are the people that already have a lot, like you yeah. know. But they're just they're just looking to hoard. Like that Sauce Walker situation, you know that that's somebody you know a misguided individual in the streets that yeah. you know is just letting their their their, their uh, bad energy lead them to make you know bad decisions. But in this Brett Favre situation, these are rich people. You know, Brett Favre, rich, well-traveled person. Uh, if you're a governor, I'm sure you're a rich, well-traveled person. Like, you don't have any excuse. Not, not, not even saying the other guy has an excuse, because we're all responsible for, for what we do. But, but it's like, these guys should be held to a higher level of accountability. I, I think the punishments get reversed sometimes where like guys like this they'll get a slap on the wrist because they have the money to pay for the lawyers and all that type of shit and uh you know that those other like you know guys that are getting caught in crime in the street like you know you get caught stealing some crab legs out of walmart uh you know they'll try to put you under the jail (laughs) like you know we talked about khalif browder a couple weeks ago khalif browder got accused of, of stealing a book bag Spent three years in jail um, just to get the charges dropped. Where like th- these guys, I'd be surprised if if any of them spend spend three days in jail. No, this this will blow over in another week or two. Like, what? You know, I always wonder though. You know, because you're a history buff, right? Like, is the white man the best marketer of all time? Well, I, I I think you have to specify what do you mean by is the white like, man the best like, marketer of all time? Like when you start, when like like we talk about the nigga shit. It's like the, the shit that they do is is so fucking carnal and so terrible, and it's just like like even like the, a lot of the statistics. I believe a lot more white people are on welfare than black people, but it's like they promote like oh yeah the welfare queens, and it's like all we do is sell drugs and all this other shit. So it's like like the marketing of like, white. You look at white collar crime. It's, it's almost as disgusting as your quote unquote drug dealer. So it's like, you know, how are they able to take what they do and then turn it on us? Like we're just these animals. It's like, no. Like the higher level motherfuckers that's running this shit are the animals. It's like the marketing is genius of how they do what they do. The uh, the so called black man in America, he gets labeled. As you know, a criminal wanting to steal shit, do bad things, all, all of this stuff. But all of this is the behavior that you know guys like Brett Favre exhibit. 
um, at, at the highest at levels that the uh, the politicians exhibit at the highest levels. You know, these war criminals that are in office that, you know, go overseas and, you know, kill people, steal resources and all of this type of stuff. But so anybody who's ever worked at Goldman Sachs. Yeah, but but it's like you control the media, you control the narrative. So what gets displayed as. You know, on the six six o'clock news is what's going on in a couple of square blocks of the city, not the thievery that's going on down at City Hall. <laughs> like, like you you know that like that's that's the uh, the power I think of that marketing of you know you show people one thing and they start you show people something enough they start to believe it's the truth. And, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with, you know, just getting to the root meanings of words. It's like there's so many words that we that we take the meaning of for granted on a daily basis that we're using incorrectly. So it's very easy to uh, deceive people and and get them to believe um, mistruths. So, yeah, like, do, do I think they, they have the, the coldest marketing scheme of all time? It's like they have to like like uh, like they keep promoting America like it's the best country in the world. But yet we're we're behind on a lot of things statistically, like in literacy, um, financial security, obesity, all of these different things. But the way our country is marketed, it's like we're the best at everything. It's like we're like yeah. we're, we're we're definitely the best at some shit, but it's it's not uh it's not the things that count. Because <laughs> yeah, but you look at it, it's like most rulerships they they're like hard body captivity. It's like Pharaoh's like no, I'm not letting you niggas go. It's like this shit is almost like the invisible cage where it's just like oh you know I just it's the Cat Williams shit right? It's like am I a tiger? I don't know if I feel like a tiger. It's like. The geniusness of making niggas be like, yeah, you just you're not really a tiger like that. It's like, like the marketing of that is is, is fucking genius. Well, it, it like you take something as simple as like car loans, right? If you yeah. talk to the average person, for some reason they'll think that it's a good financial decision to purchase a brand new vehicle for let's say thirty thousand dollars. Um, when they don't have $30,000 in the bank. They think that yep. the average person thinks it's wise to lose money on interest, depreciation, and inflation over the mm-hmm. course of five years on a car instead of purchasing a used car that they can afford with cash. Like, so, like, that marketing scheme, like, I've seen that, like, just going to a car dealership, like, you'll talk... You'll talk to the person and they'll what they speak to you is the car payment because they'll tell you, oh, you have five hundred dollars a month. So let me take five hundred dollars a month from you for the next five years instead of you spending five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, whatever it is now and just being done and owning the thing outright that you're going to lose money on anyway. So like that marketing is done to millions of people a day like around the country like millions of people are going to car lots and are buying and selling cars every single day so and 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 most people are getting the short end of the stick when it comes to that shit so it's it's 
it's easy to see how, you know, when it comes to race or when it comes to like who the real criminals are in this country, how the the small percentage of violent people that are walking around out there because there's 350 million people in the country, right? Plus, like what, what percentage of them are violent? Well, like what percentage of people in the country are violent offenders? Like maybe 1%. But those are the ones that you're taught to be the most scared of. What you're not taught to be scared of is these people that are robbing you and your kids of your future every single fucking day at the at the bank, at the fucking car lot, at the fucking gas pump, the 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 tax people, all of that shit. That's the art of deception. And if you want to say the white man mastered it or whoever the powers that be, like like yeah, they mastered that shit. They mastered it. And it's like we we, we all fell for it in the worst ways. Yeah, uh, fake fiat currency, um, a, a big bank that issues that fake fiat currency and just completely just keep printing up the money, keeping up the printing up the money. Then they tighten quantity of tightening, quantitative easing. Like it's fucking genius. It's the best scheme. America's the greatest scheme ever created. I don't know. We'd have to look back into the annals of history. Like I said, you you more of a history buff than I am. Well, I, I, I look at it like this. It's like. It's like somebody like me. I know that we yeah. that we have fiat currency and it it's virtually doesn't have value. It's really just debt paper. But yes. I get up every day and want to get more of the debt paper. <laughs> and, 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 but even though I understand that it what it is, but I still want to go get it. Like like that's how deep the brainwash is. Like that's how deep that like that's how deep this shit goes. It's like we know we know that it's bullshit. Like we know we're being sold a bill of goods, but we accept it because like I, I think we're just comfortable with it at a certain point. That's like a chick that knows she's getting cheated on. Like, you know, she'll come home, she'll find evidence of being cheated on, and she'll call, you know, one of her homeboys and say and and run it by him and say like I don't know maybe he's not cheating maybe it's rational like like what do you think like it's like you didn't need to call anybody to try to justify this lady like you you know what it is you just you just want to deny the truth and I I think it, it comes down to us on a daily basis like we know we're getting fucked every which way but we just choose to ignore it because it's more comfortable to ignore it. Well, first of all, that's a terrible example. Why the fuck would you even be dating a chick that has a homeboy? Like, that? that's just awful. Like, and then, <laughs> second of all, it's like, what? Wait, 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 wait. Like, so a, a man and a woman can't be friends? Come on, now. What the hell? Are Do you have any female friends? I'm an introvert, though. I don't go nowhere. I, 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 I barely have any male friends. So, it's like, I, I'm not a good person to ask. Stop talking in circles. Like, and also, too, in the great words of Corey Holcomb, it's like, oh, what you going to do? You going to leave and find another nigga? Like, that's just a stranger cheating on you. So that, that's an awful example. But, but, you know, to get back to your point, it's like, it goes back to the beginning of the podcast where it's like the audacity of another motherfucker to be like, you're a certain age, you should have this, that, and the third. It's like, why Why should anybody say that to anybody? It's like, like you said, we're getting up every day, we're chasing fake shit. 
you know, so it's like, is it my job to fucking get all of this shit and have a bitch around me that doesn't love me and to have these fucking kids that are confused? It's like, you know, like, that's not my place to look at a homeless nigga and say, get your ass up and get on the box line with me. Like, that's not, like, that's not reality. Yeah. And, and you know, where we're at now, I don't even remember where we what we were originally talking about. But... <laughs> we're talking about Brett Favre's shiftless ass. Well, yeah, yeah. so I, I think it just comes down to, it's like, the guys like Brett Favre, they get, they get treated like they're a hero. Even though, like you said, they've been doing shady, shiftless shit for years until... One day it just becomes undeniable when their text messages and shit gets leaked and everybody acts surprised. And I guess for guys with our life experience, it's just not surprising. Like when when you sent me that, I was like, I was like, well, like Brett Favre been on some other shit forever. Like I'm not surprised he would steal the welfare money. That's insane. Especially like how poor, like it's like, you called Mississippi like a third world country last week. Yeah, yes, they have black shit coming out of the sink. It's like you have to be a soulless, terrible. Like it's like there's no word for that. It's like damn, these niggas can't even get clean water. I'm going to steal even more money from these niggas. Like that is insane. Like I don't, I wouldn't put that on anybody. Like to to be that fucking soulless. Like Brett Favre is a different type of demon, yo. No disrespect, Brett Favre, but you different, nigga. Yeah, I don't get where that level of greed comes from, because I think we all have it in us to want more than we need. Because like we all, for the most part, like unless you're homeless or some shit, like if if you have your own place. Like, you you have some stuff in your house that you don't need that you have just because you wanted it. Which is fine. That's what life is about. You're supposed to get some of the shit that you want. But I don't get how you go from being somebody that has the things that they want to being a person that is willing to take from people that don't have anything to just get more of what they want. It's... It, it, it's like, dag, bro, like, like you had, you made millions on your own. Like, you, you want to hold on to your money and spend the poor people's money that bad and then come out in public like you're a good guy. Because th- that's, yeah. th- that's the, the other part that takes it to a deeper level with this. It's like once you build the volleyball stadium, I'm sure you're, you're going to have yourself up on the wall or at the ribbon cutting. Like, look what I did for the communita and all of this shit. And it's just like, <laughs> like another, like another feather in your cap. So it's like you're, uh, you're even more of a piece of shit. I've always viewed the guys like that always tend to be the the biggest criminals in American history. Like when you really look back at it, but it's more so that the uh, the few violent psychopaths, like you know the you know your Charles Mansons and and people like that, like they get all of the uh the news coverage and and things so they get propped up like the they're the criminals that we should be scared of but we should be more worried about the the criminals that'll steal from the state that doesn't have clean water <laughs> like steal from the welfare fund like that that that's that that's that's different that's a different that's different that that is a different type of nigga 
like, like Brett Favre, you a real piece of shit, bro. I and, yeah, and, and, and it's like, that's what a nigga is. Like, I feel like a nigga <laughs> has nothing to do with race. Like, that, that yeah. that's some nigga shit. That's some nigga yeah. shit. Like, yeah, I'm just steal off this welfare budget right quick, you know. That's that's insane. <laughs> that's just like that, that's soulless. The audacity. Like, it's, it's, well, we'll, well, we'll keep our eye on it, but I wouldn't uh, hold my breath assuming that anybody involved in that is going to get any serious uh, jail time or 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 pay any sort of fines that isn't pocket change to the to them at their level of income, and uh, you know. Like, you know, I, I'm no socialist or nothing, but when people want to fucking, um, you know, just take advantage and, and shit like that, I'm like, that's the shit that you actually need the government to have checks and balances for. Like, if there was more accountability in what the government was doing with yeah. your money after they after they taxed the fuck out of you every which way, like... Shit like that wouldn't happen. Like there should be full blown transparency on every penny that the government takes, but there isn't. So that's why they get away with shit like that. You can just misappropriate the funds. And this goes back to what I was telling you last week, man. Like there's certain people who don't even know they're a piece of shit. I think Brett Favre looks at himself in the mirror and says, "Man, that's a handsome man right there." Like I'm. It's gonna go out here and steal from these people today. Like I don't think Brett Favre has any conscience. Well, he, no he might not even think it's stealing, to be honest. <laughs> he, he might he might just think, oh well, I'm Brett Favre. Of course, I can take the welfare budget. Like, exactly, it, it's like, there for me to take. <laughs> like, this is this is what I told you last week, man. This motherfuckers, they just they they like that. Yeah, they just don't they they don't know they're a piece of shit. All right, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I would every debate on this podcast. This is why. There's only some piece of shit that proves me right. <laughs> always some piece of shit. That's a shame. Keeping with the, this idea of uh, people in sports, you know, taking more than they should be taking, um, the UFC has come under a lot of criticism lately with fighter pay. You know, you've had instances of uh, guys like Jared Cannonier, who's a main inv- main event level fighter, in his post fight interview saying that he's broke. Uh, he needs to keep fighting. Um, you know, there's been a lot of contract disputes recently with different different guys saying that they're underpaid. They want to get paid the same way that uh, boxers are getting paid and that some of these YouTubers and people that are able to uh, throw these celebrity boxing events. And most recently, you had uh, the UFC signed a deal with the the rock and under armor for his shoes to become the official shoe of the UFC and the uh, some of the fighters weren't happy with having to wear the shoe during fight week and the percentage of the shoe deal that the fighters are getting paid so this made me think um, is there anything is there a such thing as fair in business because it seems like most of these guys that they're saying you know in Jared Cannonier's example, he said, you know, I just want to get paid like I'm in a three-letter organization, like, you know, an organization like NFL, NBA, UFC. Uh, he wants to get paid on the same level as those guys, but UFC doesn't bring in that amount of money. It doesn't bring in the amount of money that the NFL does every year. So um, is it just that, like, you know, these guys don't, pull their uh, bargaining power together so you know 
they're not going to get the they're going to end up with the short end of the stick because they don't have a union and they're not organized in the same way that the NFL players and the and the NBA players are. Is it that simple or is it that uh, you know Dana White's being greedy and he's uh, hoarding all the money? I think it's a bit of both. Like, yeah, I mean Dana White is probably doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's as a businessman. You know, they say it's all love and fair and war. Like, business is war. You know, you have to be a ruthless businessman in order to get to the top and to be at, at the billionaire level. Dana White's a millionaire, whatever you, whatever you want to say. But it's like, it's up to those guys to come together and, and try to unionize in some way. Because, like you said, from what they're bringing in, like, there should be a SAG minimum for a guy that has to get punched in his face and then go work at Walgreens in the morning. Yeah, because you, you do hear that you know some of these guys do have day jobs, and um, from the fighters, there's guys that have different stances on it. I've heard some fighters say, "Well, you're not committed to this fully enough if you're still working a day job. Like if you committed fully to this and just you know decided to you know, live in the gym and and be broke and all of that, then you would." rise up the ladder a lot quicker and start making money as a main event fighter because you know once you start fighting in main events and things like that you you know you get more of the money um but for the uh you know middle card guys that you know keep, keep it keep it rolling i guess they're looking for you know a minimum to get paid because th- they have a lot of expenses after the fight is over you know as a fan, I think you hear, oh, uh, such and such got a $50,000 fight of the night bonus, or they got paid $100,000 for a fight, and people think that's a lot of money, but after they have to pay the trainers and the the uh, management and taxes and all of these other things, you know, you're saying, like, maybe they had $50,000 cash left over to last them for a year. And that's not a lot of money if you have a family. I mean, that's not a lot of money if you don't have a family. Like, you know, I'm sure you got to go to the shit hospital. Shit is expensive. I'm sure you got to go to the hospital after that. Because I remember when I got my ass whipped, I couldn't eat food for a week, and my eye was just bothering me. I, every time I got in the sun, it was like my eye was just blinding. So I'm sure you have to, uh, you know, put yeah, in you, medical. He was things. like, uh, he was like Martin after he. Who, who did Martin fight? Tommy Hearns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got my ass whooped like. <laughs> I could I could eat for a week. I'm like fuck it. I got I can't eat this sandwich. Yeah, like that was the only time in person I I've seen somebody get knocked out. Like Steve definitely went to sleep for a couple seconds. That that, that was hey, no I good. Got, I got back up and was ready to fight again though. Like you can't. I got I got the heart of Muhammad Ali. I was ready to go. I was ready. What we talked about at the beginning of the episode. I was ready to die for my shit. <laughs> yeah, you're still talking shit too. And I was like, yeah. shut up. Like you lost. Like take no, care. He's no, like, no, no, no nigga. No. I'm still talking, nigga. Yeah, I was ready to die. To die to prove a bullshit ass point yeah. too. That that was yes. a pure nigga moment. That was a pure nigga yes. moment. You saw you saw the boondocks is like, uh, like even the most mildest guy, well, even the most mildest black man could have a nigga moment. Like that was the point of Tom when the demon of stink meter hopped into him. So like you know, it, it, it's just in our blood. I guess. Bigger moments are in the blood. Like that's yeah. that's wild. I was ready to die for my shit, but yeah, like I'm sure I had to go to the hospital. So I'm sure like a lot of these UFC guys after they fight, like 
you got to go to the hospital at the very least to check, make sure ain't nothing broken or nothing like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, th- th- that gets expensive, the travel and all of that. So um, I the question is, you know, I get, we're not in the UFC, so we, we don't have the accounting to say whether they are or are not overpaying fighters or underpaying fighters. Um, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't speak to that. But the idea that the fighters might be able to get more money if they negotiated jointly, I think that's basic economics. I, you see how, you know, LeBron James and Chris Paul and some of those other guys that are large voices in the NBA, like when they go to renegotiate the TV deals and all of the other stuff and how the profitability is broken down and what max salaries are going to be, those guys are all on the same page. Like I, you know, for the most part, they're they're on the same page enough to say like, look, like we're all the top tier players. We need to make sure there's enough money, and like all this money's coming in. We need to make sure we're getting our proper share of it. Where, you know, when Conor McGregor became the biggest thing in the UFC, like it's like there's two ways to make money in this fight game. He's like, you either um, arm me or you fight me, and that was it. He was like, because the rest of these guys are making peanuts. And you know he never gave a, like I, I didn't expect Conor McGregor and don't expect Conor McGregor to be the guy to call up the guys that are lower on the totem pole to come and oh let's let's uh, joint negotiate against Dana White in the UFC and make money like he's not going to do that he sells too many pay per views to do that yeah so and it's like it's such a doggy dog world and you know it's unfortunate from the sense of the NBA thing like. By it being, you know, collective, all their contracts being guaranteed. I think somebody like LeBron and Chris Bosh and those guys, they feel like they have nothing to lose. Like, at the end of the day, the NBA is going to make their money. I'm just going to be guaranteed. So we're going to look at these numbers and, and renegotiate and, and figure out, like, how we're going to do for the collective. Because, you know, like I said, it's guaranteed. So it's nothing you could do. Yeah, and, so and I, it's, I think, it's a little different, too, like, like yeah. you know, with, like, uh NBA free agency if you don't like how you're being treated in one city by that organization you can go to another city and if you're LeBron James or whoever is the best player in the NBA you're going to get whatever the max salary is somebody out of those 30 teams is going to pay you the max salary it's guaranteed where if you don't like how Dana White's going like you got to decide if you want to do like uh, Demetrius Johnson did to go fight in China and or, or go fight in somewhere else where, you know, you're making a lot of money, but these guys have families and stuff like that. Like, you might not want to move your entire family to the other side of the world or be apart from your family because you're fighting on the other side of the world. So, it like, you know, the UFC is in that position where they're, they're the main show in town and they know it. So... And, and, like, they know, like, you know, if you guys don't want to fight, there's a group of, it's, it's a paraphrase T.K. Kirkland, there's a, there's a group of college bitches graduating in June. It's a whole new team coming out here. There's, there's, there's a group of young, hungry dudes fighting in parking lots every Friday night, can't wait to be on the UFC one day. And, and they know that, so they don't have to, to, to uh, pay you any more money. But the shit that fucks me up is that they are continually seeming to do things that are disrespectful to the fighters. Like, just last week, a fighter named Johnny Walker 
got escorted out of the building, uh, the T-Mobile here in Vegas, while he still had his fight gear on. He didn't even have his shoes on yet. They escorted him out the building barefoot. No shoes, no shirt. They said he didn't have a ticket. Like, so so I, I think like when stuff like that happens... Whether you want to say it was an accident or on purpose, that shows you like the level of care that they have for um, the guys that create their product. Because that's ultimately like their biggest asset is the fighters. So I, 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 I feel like they, they should be taken care of on a higher level than that. Like even as a, like, how do you even make a mistake like that? You you kick a guy out that just that just won a fight in front of twenty thousand people, and you kick him out with no shoes on. Said he needed a ticket. Like, come on. Like that that's worse than when Jay Z told Kanye to get his own ticket to the Rock the Mic tour or whatever. Yeah, I guess I guess that's why uh, you know, what you say twenty years later, what you say last week, Jay Z called me. Yeah, Jay Z called me. <laughs> I know you got shooters, but call me. Call me. <laughs> I guess they's always had like, you know, beef or whatever but it's just it's that's just bad energy i think you know what i mean like i think there's a certain way that you conduct business and business is always hard like i think you know even talking about like wwf slash wwe with vince mcmahon there's certain people who they talk about vince like he's almost godlike and there's other wrestlers who like man you know vince is the worst guy ever so maybe there's something like that with the ufc where there's probably certain guys who love dana and you know probably a lot of the bottom guys don't love him you know, you're gonna, it's, it's always a hierarchy anywhere you go, but if you're a rich guy, man, it is a gold mine right now to get into, like, that MMA sports right now, man. I, I don't see why nobody else is touching on that. Maybe a guy like Elon Musk or somebody like that who could put the paper up to compete with Dana, and, like, because, that would make the UF. Well, well th- this, this is the one thing where we were talking last week about Trey songs that people have to stay in their lane. Like... As much flack as Dana White gets for, you know, maybe not treating the fighters the best, the UFC wouldn't, the MMA as a sport wouldn't be what it is without what him and those guys over there have put together. Like, the fact that they they put on fights every weekend almost, like, like 45 weekends out of the year. Like, they, they were, like, the only... Um, sport in the beginning of COVID to put on to keep putting on events on a regular basis and stuff like that. So, like you know, the you have to understand the fight game at a high level and and the business world at a high level to do what they've been able to do. So I don't think it's just Elon Musk. Oh, you have a billion dollars, you can start competing with Dana White. Like no, like he he, know, he knows the fight. Like yeah, come on, come, come compete. Like, see if you can beat yeah. Like, yeah, you, you see, that we talked about Netflix a couple weeks ago. They, they yeah. thought spending money was going to outdo the quality that Disney and these other um, services are providing. Like, you, you, you can't out-quality HBO. You're not going to out-quality Disney. With, with, uh, it doesn't matter if you're spending $8 billion. To your point, it would be difficult. But UFC needs some competition because... I think that would make UFC better. I think that would just make the overall sport better, and that would it would make it better for the combat sports people who have to deal with this MMA stuff. Like, well, from a, I disagree a, that that standpoint. I disagree that uh, another 
fighting organization would necessarily make the UFC better as a viewer. Because mm-hmm. as a viewer, what I like about it is you get the best fights. Like, the best guys are forced to fight the best guys or you va- or you have to vacate your title or you get out of the way or you don't have the opportunity. It's not like boxing where, you know... You, you, you get a super fight like Floyd and Pacquiao, and most people would agree that that fight happened a, a couple of years too late. Or you even get, like, you know, just rec- just last night, Canelo and Triple G fought, and it's like, by the time this third fight, like, you know, Triple G's done. Like, you know, UFC, that fight probably gets done a lot sooner, you know, when those guys are in their, both of those guys are closer to their prime because of the control that they have over it. Where, you know, the business side is until the fighters realize that they have the control of they're the product, they're not going to get paid at the level that they think that they should get paid for. Because there has to be enough money when, you know, Dana White is worth like $400 million. So, like, there's definitely the money there, but those guys don't have the negotiating power as a as a whole to get it yet. And... I don't know who who has to be the voice of that or who is going to be the voice of that. I, I don't think you've ever even seen that in fighting. It, it's unprecedented for there to be a you know a fighting union like that. So so maybe you know 10, 20 years from now that one of those leagues will be big enough to rival the UFC. but again, the UFC's been doing this shit for for 20 years, 20 plus years. And 20 years from now, they're going to be even bigger. Like, they already have, you know, Disney in their corner, and they're backed by the biggest, um, you know, talent agency in the world. They're owned by the William Morris Agency. So, I I don't know where you're going to get somebody that understands the fight game and has that level of uh, financial backing to to, to knock them out of their seat. It's like the NFL, like, you know, Vince McMahon or whoever – has tried with the XFL. You got the the indoor football league. You can try all that shit you want, but the NFL is the NFL for a reason. Like sometimes you're too big to fail. The the infrastructure that's already been built is can't really even be improved upon it. You know, like the branding of it is just like you can't really you know overtake it. So I, I definitely get what you're saying, but you know, it, like it's that's that's tough. That's a tough situation. I think you know if you want to get punched in the head. For, for you know, do MMA. It's like you going It's gonna be a tough road for you. You know, rags to riches, I guess. Yeah, and well, I I think the reason why people are not gonna stop fighting or not gonna stop going to UFC is because you get a guy every now and then, like uh, Kamzat Chemaev, who he only has like five fights in the UFC, but he's already a main eventer. And is already like at the top tier where he can probably make a couple of million for a fight. And it didn't take him that long. But he went out there and he performed at a high level. Like every single time he goes out there, he's either blowing through guys or he's putting on the fight of the night. So when people see that pathway, like these up and coming guys that are, you know, either in college now or teenagers now, and they see somebody able to do that, they're not even going to entertained oh yeah let's do the uh the union there's the say shit i'm just gonna go out there and knock everybody the fuck out and i'll be rich in two years like Kamzai. like yeah it's, it's a bag in that especially if you're coming from a third world country 
and you know you coming overseas it's like at the end of the day man if, if i'm athletic and i can fight and i know that's the the, the uh you know the, the easiest path for me to use my gift to get money like because there's always going to be a foreigner that comes over here like yes i i will fight for food like so it's, yeah, it's that's, that's basically what he's like. He's like, I kill everybody. I come for everybody, yeah. buddy. They come, they coming over there where you got to get the rainwater out of the trees to ha- take a bath. Like, uh, all right, all right, <laughs> all right. I, I'm not saying that's not still happening, but I, 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 I don't know where that's happening. <laughs> Duh, I was in the sauna. The puddle, like, come I on. was I was in the sauna, and dude said that's how they get down in, in the Dominican Republic. So yes, they doing that in some of these countries, and the dudes is coming over here to whoop some ass, and they'll do it at <laughs> <laughs> they will do it at a low cost. They will kill you for a sandwich and just like a bath. It's like well, yeah, so was yeah. Like this guy last <laughs> night, like he took a knee to the face. His his whole shit got split over, and like you know, he came back and he won. And they asked him how how soon you want to get back in. He's like, whoever they give me, I fight. He's like, just yeah. give me fight. I'm thankful to be here. I fight. Yes, and I'll I fight like, tomorrow. <laughs> I fight tomorrow. <laughs> give me fight, but like. Yeah, so yeah, like, like, like some guy, some guys are coming from that, and and that goes back to you know that that Sauce Walker situation where he's like, I'm not giving up my chain. Like some of these guys, they probably, I, I think when you are at you know the rich level or you're at the comfort level, that's when you have time to start thinking about union and. Yeah. Um, all of this other stuff, but when you're talking about fighters, nobody really fights for fun. Like fighters yeah. fight because they have to. Like that's why they say you don't play fighting. Like you know, f- fighting can be your passion and all that. But most of these guys, they're fighting because that was the best option. The best option was punching yes. people in the face for a living. So like, I, I don't know where where the where the union comes in. So I, I don't see this shit changing anytime soon. They've taken control of the sponsorship deals. They've taken control of the fighter images in a lot of ways and things like that where when it was in its early stages, you know, they could do like like boxers do or like NASCAR drivers do or uh, what's it, um, Grand Prix, like that shit Lucas Hamilton makes $100 million a year doing where... You're an independent contractor, but you can promote individually, and like that's where all the money is. Like your your prize money for winning the race is is a pittance compared to you know what you're making off of your sponsors, and I, somehow the, the the fighter the UFC fighters need to figure out how to get that back. If they can figure out how to get that back, I think they would be fine going in there and fighting for a hundred grand. They wouldn't give a fuck. Like, if, if right. you're making $50 million a year being the face of Cheetos, why would you care that you're only getting paid hundred grand for the fight? You know? Yeah. Another thing that, that came to my mind with this was, you know, I've been recently seeing a lot of fighters are, they're, they're doing podcasts, they got YouTube channels, they're, they're social media influencers. And I was just thinking that, you know, no matter what you're doing out here, you got to have multiple hustles. 
But it's just funny that you see these guys. It's like, like you, you're not gonna see LeBron James doing a YouTube channel, like to to bring in extra income. You know, world champions like you know Alexander Volkanovsky, Israel Adesanya that have huge YouTube presences, and they're trying to build that as a as a way to have that that second stream of income because the fighting only pays you but so much and maybe maybe that's just where this is going where you're gonna have to be a personality and a fighter at the same time if you really want to get to that next level now because the the sponsorship money it you know it got consolidated by you know Reebok and now Under Armour yeah I think that's the the, the most disgusting aspect of it like you said that's the dirty part about it that it's like you know but but then again like like that goes back to the original conversation is there fair in business because why is that dirty no because if you're dana white you right. would do the same thing absolutely absolutely I, I, I say dirty from the standpoint of like if i'm a fighter but you know like I said, it's those guys' jobs. Well, so let's take it off of fighting, yeah. like, just in business. Yeah. Like, is there fair in business? Probably not, no. I mean, you got to know your worth as a, as an employee, as, as an independent contractor. So it, it, it's a tough thing to, to say. Like, you got to be able to project out because... Am I am I a bad guy for sitting back saying you know this is your value this is your worth like you have to have the vision to say well I'm worth more you know because I might be thinking I'm cutting you it goes back to what, like we were doing podcasts a couple years ago we talking about Big Sean and Kanye West where I'm like yeah like Kanye did the nigga a favor I don't think Big Sean liked that like that but it's like you know if you Big Sean it's like whoa who the fuck you talking with like homeboy like I did this I like go to paperwork this is how much I made but at at the end of the day when you Big Sean you got to be thinking about you know, not just the the advance. You got to be thinking about you know what this shit gonna look like three, four years from now. So I, I would say, I guess no, <laughs> there is no fair business because only you can see a vision and, and understand how to project out. Like nobody's gonna be able to sit back and project that out for you or understand what your gift or what your talent is and how you how would you be able to manipulate that for yourself? Yeah, so it's ultimately what you can negotiate. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I don't know the answer to how those guys can negotiate a, a greater, a better position. But, you know, if people want to say they're not being paid fairly and all of that, I think you have to stop. You have to stop using words like fair because fair just doesn't exist. Like the average person in this country that goes and works a nine to five, are they being paid fairly for what they bring to the table for that company? I don't know, like right. that that calculation that gets done, you know, by these these guys that do the actuarial science and all that stuff that I was, uh, that that was far too tedious for me to study when when I was in college. So I, I didn't even go down that road. So, you know, to 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 really come down to what what the value of someone's time is and their effort mm-hmm. and the blood, sweat, and tears that they put into it, I don't know if you can put a number on that type of shit. It, it, it ultimately just comes down to what you're able to negotiate, and some people are better at negotiating than, than others. But at the same time, you, you, you just can't yeah. kick kick people out the building barefoot after they were just in a <laughs> fight. 
So like there like while there may not be fairness in business, there should be a baseline of respect if we're doing business together. I, I don't think this is a this is really a concern for the fans. Right. Exactly. Like like, like fighter pay, like do I want to see the fighters get paid more? Sure. But I just watch the sport. Like it, it's up to you to negotiate because like I said, I don't know the ins and outs of the fight game. So I don't know if they're getting paid accurately or not. I'm just going by some secondhand information. I don't fucking know. Right. I just I just see somebody getting kicked in the face and I think you should be able to get paid a lot of fucking money to get kicked in the face because I don't want to get kicked in the face. That's like yeah. I think a fireman should, you know, that, that sh- if, fire- if all firemen aren't making at least six figures, that's, that's not good. Like, because like, I'm not willing to run into a burning building for a stranger. Do, but I don't know what the budget is of the entire county and all of that. Like that that's just the the, the the emotional side says, Yeah, that that job looks dangerous, they should get paid a lot. But you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, business like we said, business is what you can negotiate. Cause at the end of the day, man, when you go back into the, the rooms where like dude pulling up them books and you sitting there and you're looking at the numbers and your mind is doing the matrix number thing, like you know the meme where it's like all the numbers pop up and it's like the matrix yeah. symbol whatever. It's like it's like yeah, I don't even know. All right, you might be right. Like, like the Tupac joint. It's like yeah, you know, you spent money on this and this how much money I had to pay. Like up. I said, like, like most people don't even understand basic economics. Like so, right. <laughs> so like, who knows who's getting paid right? Like, like you know, it's funny that people with no no business uh, education or background in business want to sit there and say. Oh yeah, this motherfucker's a thieving guy, and like, he built a billion-dollar company. I don't know what the fuck he's doing over there. I all I know is I didn't build a billion-dollar company. So, uh, I like, like, what does my criticism mean at the end of the day? <laughs> you know, like, like, like that. That always goes back to what we're always saying on here. Motherfuckers got to deal with reality. Like, well, this is the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation yeah. is the, the, they got the juice. Like, yeah. so w- w- what are you gonna do to get to get yourself in that position? Yeah, it, like, like, like if you don't like the if you don't like the person with the juice, go get your own. That that's all it is. If you don't it, like how they're be, treating you at the job, well, start your own business. Like, if if you don't if 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 your chick is stepping out on you, deal with it or find a new one. If you're getting un- don't, underpaid don't in America, them. go fight in go fight in China. I guess like that th- that that's what the free market is in 2022. I'm telling you, you right now, don't listen to a mock. Because if you leave your job and you got to deal with that junkyard dog phase, a lot of you ain't built for the junkyard dog phase. So well, yeah, if you're not built for it, you got to <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, you're not like built, like yeah, I, you're... I like I like watching uh I like watching Wes Watson's content like where he talks yeah. about jail and. He talked about being on a level four yard, which which is, I guess, the highest level of uh, security in the California state prison system, where if you had an argument with somebody, they, they called it a hands-off policy, where you have to stab them. There's no, there's no throwing the fade. There's no let's debate about this or nothing. It's if you got a problem with somebody, go kill them. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. So... Right. 
if, if you want to complain about your job and not go get a new one or start or start your own business, shut the fuck up. Or better yet, better yet. Shut the fuck up and get in the box, nigga. So moving on, I think it's a good a good segue to a segment that we know you all know and love: animal behavior. Wow, like a zoo. Just a fucking animal. Bark like a dog, come on! We ain't nothing but mammals. What kind of animal smokes marijuana at his own confirmation? You bring out the animal. This week in animal behavior, we go to Ray J. Now, Ray J is, for some reason, like this, after 15 years, still going back and forth with the Kardashians about this whole sex tape shenanigans. And, um,. We all know what's going on with that, and I don't want to get into the he said, she said about who knew what when. The thing that was the animal behavior to me is Ray J said that not only did Kris Jenner um, help them produce this sex tape and put it out, but that she watched it and told them to film another one. But don't take my word for it. This, hear this in Ray J's own words. Kim Kardashian got her handwriting and her fingerprints all over my contract. When you look at the two, when you look at my signature and you look at her signature on my deliverables, that say sex tape number one, sex tape number two. And guess what? The third sex tape or the second they've been trying to play me on, they call Santa Barbara sex. Her mama made us go shoot it for safety. She watched the mother and said, hey. We're going to go with the first one because the first one is better. It gives my daughter a better look than the second one that I made y'all go do. But you watched it and made a decision. And then you get on whatever show you was on and take a lie detector test with a fraud. You know, all the business part of it aside. Um, what type of animal like tells their daughter to do a sex tape and watches it and says, you know what? This one's better because you you look better being a hoe in this one. <laughs> like, like that's a different. Like, we already knew the Kardashians was a different breed, but I guess like when you hear it like that, it's st- it's still a little shocking. You know, I, I'm starting to think Los Angeles is just like uh, modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like nothing good about it. I've never heard it up like that, man. Like, like not your mom is directing your. Uh, that's, that's just no good. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just foul. Turn. Like, <laughs> like it's just, it's just foul. And and uh, I, I don't know the the Kardashians. Yeah, I don't know. This, 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 like like some animal behavior just leaves you a little speechless because I, I don't even know how to describe this or rationalize it. Like what? Yeah. Like it, I, this goes back to that Brett Favre shit. Like because they were rich already. Right. But you wanted more fame and stuff that bad that this is the level that you're willing to stoop to. So, so far this yeah. week, we have stealing stealing money from welfare people in Mississippi and rich people that are pimping out their daughter to, so that they can get a reality TV career. Yeah. This is... um. Uh... Like you said, some animal behavior. Like, cause you can, 
Last week we kind of rationalized what that what that young lady was saying about you know she wanted to be a whole wife. This is just another level of animal. Like this is just like raw primal. Like let's all right. What else could we do to uh, have more useless stuff hanging around the crib? <laughs> like it's like so, I, I so just, we're I pretty know. much watching evolution before our eyes. Yes, because like <laughs> you know how they say you know evolution happens over hundreds of millions of years, but. I think that this new breed of animal is, is you know, like this super rich animal. <laughs> like maybe maybe they, they've just they've been evolving like this for a long time. And we're just now seeing it because it's being brought to light because it gets publicized more because that's just different. That's different. Yeah, this, Talk this, about not this sex tape makes makes you look better. Like and, and, and the fact that if that's the sex tape that made her look better, then you know that other one was trash because the one that's oh, out man. there is trash. Yeah. That had to be one of the worst. Straight garbage. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even. Um, is there anything to compare it to? Like, because we listen to a lot of hip hop, it's like, like is there an album that like we just be like, man, this is one of the worst albums. The Big Day. Like, the, Kim Kardashian shot the big day yeah, of like sex she, she shot the big day of sex <laughs> the big day. I was like, that, that song Hot Shower I'm like what is this man even talking about Yeah, like, that's what exactly what they, yeah, that, that, that sex tape is about 20 minutes of hot shower on repeat yeah that's just disgusting <laughs> but the, the, we were talking about this. there's no good celebrity uh, sex tape like the only one the closest one that was being decent was the, the Stevie Jr.'s wife was it Mimi Foss, Stevie whatever? Jr. Like that's the closest one. What's that man's name? Stevie J. Yeah, Stevie J. Whatever you want to call him. The that, weirdo that, that nigga produced for Biggie. Put some respect on his name. Oh, but then he was messing with Biggie wife twenty years later. Like that's not a good man. Who said anything about good men? Like you always like to address somebody's moral character. Like, yeah. I, like you, you very that's judgmental. I like, I, like what does that have to do with yeah. anything? I said he produced for Biggie. That's yeah. all I said. And then married his wife. Like, that's not a good man. Like, no. He, he's Stevie, whatever I call him. Hey, well, look, look, bro. Like, you, you see what, what's going on in society nowadays. Who am I to say who's a good man? Yeah. Like, don't correct me when I insult him. Like, I'll call him Stevie, whatever. <laughs> don't correct me when I insult him. <laughs> yeah. His name is whatever. His name is what I tell him his name is. What, what Mike Tyson say? I'm talking to you. I want to talk to you. All right, go, go, go on. If you don't like it, if you don't like it, you can cut off this podcast. All right. So anyway, it was a thing about Stevie Junior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife was um, was his ex-wife, whatever. His baby moms. That was the only like okay like sex tape that I've seen. The rest of them has just been like like there's no good celebrity mex- uh, sex tapes. I don't even think it's about them being good. I think it's just yeah. about like oh it's like you know you're you're a celebrity and you're naked because it's like you know anytime somebody's nudes get leaked like you know we're all adults we've all seen a naked woman but it's something about oh well the, it's scarlett johansson this time so i gotta go see that like right. I, I think that that's all the fascination there is about uh celebrity sex tapes but i like like the levels that uh the kardashians went to with that shit is just you know that's just nasty that's you know it's incestuous it's it's just you know, I, but I guess that, that's the only way they could have gotten famous. Yeah, but but they're good <laughs> at marketing, so you would think you could put that marketing to 
you know those marketing skills to work in another way, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's about it the product. It, 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 it's not about the, the marketing ability. You know, it's interesting when you say incestuous. Uh, Paul Mooney had a great quote. He said, if God doesn't destroy Hollywood, he owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. So who knows what else is going on in the underbelly of how this Hollywood stuff works, man. It's just it's different out there. Well, yeah, I mean, we were talking about Hollywood last week with that whole Aries and Tiffany sketch. And, yeah. you know, I, I was talking to someone this week and they were they were telling me about that. Well, you know, we were talking about that. And uh, they were saying, well, you know, the history of it going back to like the Godfather with, uh, you know, Michael's first wife and the Godfather, Apollonia. She was 15 years old. She got naked in the movie. Like, um, you know, Drew Barrymore was was running around Hollywood. She was a full blown alcoholic by the time she was 13. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like the Hollywood is repeatedly shown that it either drives people crazy or gets them to do crazy things. Or, like, you know, people are involved in, in wild, you know, stuff going on behind the scenes. You know, you got Weinstein talking about, please watch me take a shower. <laughs> like, hey, Louis C.K., like, just coming on people's plants. Like, you know, Hollywood's wild. Whatever Professor yeah. Ogilvie was doing at that party that Cat Williams saw him at. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hollywood is a nasty place. That's animal behavior, man. That's just that's a different type of animal. Like you said, these animals—they're evolving. They're yeah, like I, I'm a little worried about the new breed of animals that are that are coming up because I I don't know how we uh, how how we uh, adjust to that. Like that's like when it's a like, new apex predator enters the yeah. environment and <laughs> and you thought you were at the top of the food chain until it eats you. What is that like? The liger, ti- a, a lion and a tiger, like that's the type of that's uh, like animal. a griffin, a fucking <laughs> a, a lion with the wings of an eagle. Like you, you can't yeah. do nothing with that shit. A flying lion. What you call like, the the cherubim? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, wow. But um, yeah. So that's animal behavior for this week. So we're gonna keep an eye out next week for uh, more animals. So to to wrap up this week. I wanted to talk about ownership, you know, to, to wrap up what we're talking about with business. Because Mike Tyson went on um, E! Entertainment tonight to uh, talk about this uh, Mike show that's on Hulu and how they're taking advantage of his image. They're making this show about him. It's advertised all over the place. They, they talked to some people that were close to him, were around him during the events that are displayed in the show. And he can't sue or stop them from using using his image, his likeness, his name, and, and his personal life stories. So it, it just made me think about like the concept of ownership. Like, Do we really own anything when Mike Tyson is saying he doesn't even own his own life story and other people are just allowed to present it to you like it's the truth without his input? So do we really own anything? We don't even own our bodies. We've seen what happened a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago with um, certain mandates to keep a, a certain job. So I don't think like imagine, you know, that like our possessions. I mean, at any time, you know, in, you own a house, eminent domain, like you could take your kids away. Like, oh, you know, you didn't do certain things for your kids. So DHS, like, you know, cars, like if you park your car in the wrong spot, they could take your car. So. Like, I don't think that we own, like, 
we well, own that, nothing. This goes like, back no. to Paul Moody again. He's like, they just take shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like they'll just take anything. Take like you said, they'll take your kids, your car, your house, your light, your history, your past, yeah. and 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 then they'll present it to the world like this is the true the true record. Because I know people will watch that show and th- they'll show anything about Mike Tyson. People say, oh yeah, I saw it on Hulu. It must be true. They can't put it on TV. Because I'm sure the average person thinks that you can't put that shit on TV if it's not true. The the best marketers of all time. We gotta we, we might have to come back next week and, and do some research to see who did it better. <laughs> was there was there any savages who ran the world who did it better? With, with King Nebuchadnezzar? Like, yeah, did, I, did I don't do know. We, we got like that's when you gotta get into like Alexander the Great and Yeah. Yeah, I think it it does go back to like the the marketing of it's really America. The marketing of America is like this idea: you come here, all of your dreams come true. We've presented evidence this week. The money is not real. Uh, your story, you don't own your story. They'll take your kids. They'll take your crib. They'll take your fucking platform. If they don't like what we say enough on this podcast, they'll take the platform away. Um. You know, you, 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 you win a fight, they kick you out barefoot. <laughs> they, they'll take your moment away. Like, so, um, yeah, I, I guess, like, the, uh, the message would be just to detach. The, the more you detach, like, the, the more at peace you'll be. Because they'll take all the shit that you're attached to. So you might as well not yeah. be attached to too much. You might as well just give up and come down to the box line with me. That's what that sounds well, like. Yeah, that's, come on down that's not the- what I'm saying. So, <laughs> like, I'm... I'm never cool. saying that. Detachment going down to the, and going box, to the line. box line are not the same. It's two different things. You can detach on the box line, but don't That's what I, don't think the, that detachment is the box line. <laughs> two two separate things. Go down to the box line. But you know, on on, on that note, you know, we're gonna wrap up the podcast. Give y'all give y'all something to think about. Until next time. We'll be back next week for an all-new episode. This has been The Last Men Potting.